0: Your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your favorite podcast covering your favorite football team every single day.
1: Your boy, John some sports guy Hickman, and this football season will be a little bit different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, like you and I, like the entire world, especially after Thursday Night Football game, we're the real generational town that Pepsi fuels, right? We don't go out there on the field. We may not catch passes, but we are the passionate fans. And because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch the game. Pepsi, made for football watching. And, you know, we're talking about the Houston Texans, of course. Uh, there's a lot of things that are transpiring throughout the league. First and foremost, last night marked the end of week one, officially in the books for the NFL. A lot of craziness happened. Ben Ben Roethlisberger came back, and the Steelers look like they'll be able to be uh, respectable this year. We know how – what was his name? What was the guy's name that got hit upside the head with – by Miles Gale last year. Mason Rudolph had that. Mason Rudolph had the Pittsburgh Steelers looking terrible last year, but Big Ben is back. Um, Saw a lot of good things out of Danny Dimes. Unfortunately, Saquon Barkley was not able to run the ball last night. Uh, Also, the Broncos and the Tennessee Titans, who now has... Young uh, Clowney. So there's a lot of things that we were able to see throughout week one in the books. Fat Randy Bullock is still Fat Randy Bullock up in Cincinnati. You know, Houston fans, you remember him, of course, because he screwed us over a few times, but he's screwing over another team. Ended what Joe Burrow could have possibly put in the uh, his first win in the NFL uh, in, in, in week one. So, you know, Fat Randy is still doing what Fat Randy does Uh, Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. That offense now centered around Cam Newton, seriously running the ball. Uh, There's so much I can go into. Shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are uh, uh, a 1-0 in the win-loss column, so they have a dub under their belt. Currently leads the AOC South. We saw a lot of things throughout the week, but you guys are here to talk about the Texans. And when we look at who we have coming up next week, we look at the Baltimore Ravens, who who also had a dominant performance on Sunday. Lamar Jackson in this offense looks to pick up where they left off last year. He wants to put another possibly MVP uh, title under his belt, but more importantly, they want to win the Super Bowl. They want to win a playoff game, which is what he has not been able to do since he arrived in Baltimore. This is who Houston has to take on next week as the Baltimore Ravens come to the NRG Stadium. They gave up almost 140 rushing yards, right? And we look at how much we gave up week one against the Kansas City Chiefs, but we also had a very good running outing. Uh, And Cody has been really big on David Johnson. I have as well. So we're going to talk about David Johnson a little bit, continue the discussion around his revenge tour. But first and foremost, before we get to that, I want to bring up the fact that Brandon Cooks looks a lot better in practice. That quad injury that he was dealing with last week going into Thursday night's game uh, has been healing properly. He's been improving. His health has been improving, improving, and he's been practicing this week, getting a whole lot of reps, looking better than what he did, at least in practice than what he did in the game. He only had three targets, two catches for 20 yards. We want to see those targets go up because when more targets lead to more catches and then we'll be able to really see how dynamic he could possibly be in this offense. But but to give that news that he's doing much better uh, practicing and doing everything that he needs to do, Bill O'Brien said uh, he feels like he's on the upswing. He'll be able to practice more. And uh, he definitely feels better about where they are from the standpoint of where he was injury-wise last week we know that he's a 4-2 guy but two yards two catches for 20 yards just will not cut it into this league especially considering you were brought in along with the other guys to really revamp this offense to make everybody dynamic not just one person and that one person is the guy who's in Arizona now who also had a dynamic day for the Cardinals but we have to get Brandon Cooks rolling without Brandon Cooks If he's not going to be involved in this offense like he wasn't necessarily on Thursday, then we can kind of scrap the season, you know, offensive-wise. I mean, we have other talent around this team. When we look at the wide receiver depth chart, when we look at the tight end depth chart, when we look at the running back depth chart, there's talent on this team. But what Brandon Cooks does is give you two guys who can blow the top off of defense. And we really need that. We also need to go downfield more obviously guys we did not have a preseason a lot of these things were uh, were things that you would want to have taken care of if we had a preseason but one thing about the houston texans is uh, bill o'brien tim kelly uh, on both sides of the ball including anthony weaver they will they spoke about it go into the you know film room watch and see what they can get better on what they can fix and they have a uh, what I like to call a very huge task coming up this Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens.
0: John, I know you are looking at it from a health perspective, but at the end of the day, I'm more excited about his confidence and comfortability level heading into week two. Look, Brandon Cooks wasn't healthy, healthy last week. And we all know that, but it also didn't help that that was actually his very first game with the Texans. And we all know what did not happen this off season. And It showed on the field, not only was he unhealthy, but it showed that he was still trying to find his way within this Texans offense. On yesterday I had the opportunity to ask him, you know, what is his comfortability and what is his confidence level heading into week two since you have that one game under your belt and – Cooks told me that he feels so much more confidence heading into this new game with the Texans as they take on the Baltimore Ravens in, in inside NRG Stadium, I must add, this is going to be their home opener. Um, he says that he feels really, really confident even more so than last week. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see a more active version of Brandon Cooks more so than we did last week.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing, you know, Brandon Cooks was smiling a lot more too. Right, and you know, generally, when players are smiling, when anybody is smiling a lot more than what they had been, you know, it kind of feels like that they, they shook off something, they whatever was weighing them down, they shook it off. And you think about this: if you're a regular Joe like we are, right, we're, we're really Joe Smoes, right? I, that's why I'm some sports guy. Everybody knows a guy that's just a sports guy. But you know, when we go throughout our day, and we're not smiling take a look at how many times we have other things on our mind that's kind of weighing us down. Same goes for these players, man. They're human just like us. So it's not necessarily something else was on his mind, but something else was just weighing him down. It could be the expectations of knowing that you have a big role to feel. It could be the fact that, yes, I'm dealing with a quad injury, It also could be the fact that I did not have a preseason and I don't know what it feels like to get hit from somebody else that I don't know is uh, on my team. So, you know, on my team, they don't want to hurt me, you know, and now I'm going against the opposing players and I don't know what's on their mind. All three of those things looks like it's better because he's smiling now, he's a little bit more uh, looser. And so I, I expect his role Sunday to be much more much more bigger and effective than it was on uh, on this past thursday rather simply because now i think everybody in the organization that has anything to do with playing on the field has a little bit of more insight of who they have and how they can get these guys to win more so uh, i'm very interested to see how houston bounces back against the baltimore ravens this was the game that i picked them to win uh, ultimately, I saw that I thought initially rather that Duke Johnson would be available. Yesterday, I spoke about how I, I believe Houston I should do a better job of getting their guys in more winnable matchups, right? Getting them more across the edge, styling those plays. We don't – Tim Kelly was, you know, handed the full-time play calling for a reason. Get creative to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. So that's what I'm looking for. But to get that news that Brandon Cooks is feeling a whole lot better, that quad injury is not you know, messing with him as it was a few days ago, that's huge news for what this offense could possibly do on Sunday. All of that being said, and Thursday night football around the corner this season, like I told you guys earlier, get your football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. So none of that other flack that you don't care for. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all of the action, all of the football you can handle in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You can also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from players' perspective as they break down game concepts and techniques. Learn from your Houston Texan star, Deshaun Watson, or you can learn from Stephen Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL film's archives. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops.
0: As we mentioned on yesterday's show and on today's show, I might add, Duke Johnson is highly questionable for Sunday's game against the Baltimore Ravens. And with that being said, Bill O'Brien came out on yesterday, said that Duke Johnson is listed as day-to-day, and he's going to give his ankle a test, but he did not practice on yesterday. So the Texans should, be, should put themselves in a position where they are going to prepare for the Baltimore Ravens without Duke Johnson. But that being said, Bill O'Brien talked about how much he feels good about the depth that they have at the running back position. And John, on yesterday, you and I spoke on the possibility that Scotty Phillips and Buddy Howell might get some playing time due to the absence of Duke Johnson. Both of us would like to see Scotty Phillips, but at the end of the day, we all know that Bill O'Brien do not like to play rookies. He has some kind of vendetta against them. And it's a little bit understandable, especially when you take a look at what the Houston Texans are going through right now as they try to get accustomed to all the new pieces that they have acquired over the offseason. But with that being said, Sunday is another opportunity for David Johnson to continue his revenge tour. And I highly do believe that this is going to be the game that Do Johnson have a breakout performance. Now, we all know When it comes to the offensive side of the ball, David Johnson was possibly the only silver lining in the Texans' season opener loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a guy who recorded 109 yards, 77 coming off the ground with 11 carries and scored the Texans' first touchdown of the season. But when you take a look at what's in store for Johnson, everyone knows that the Texans running, the, the running game for the Texans is going to be very, very crucial for this team moving forward. And it's kind of disappointing knowing that Duke Johnson is is going to be out the second game of the season. But once again, that's just more time for David Johnson to find his comfortability within this team. And I do believe that in order for the Texans to beat the Ravens on Sunday, they're going to have to run this football similar to the way that they did against the chiefs, but maybe a little bit more now. I know some of you guys might be saying, well, Cody, why would you say that? Because the Baltimore Ravens, they had one of the top defenses in stopping the run. And technically they did if you you go by these stats. Last year, they only gave up 1,494 rushing yards, averaging 93 yards per game. That was good enough to finish fifth in the NFL last season at stopping the run. But here's the thing about that. The Ravens, they really didn't play against good running backs during their 2019 season. In fact, the only two times that they played against good running backs last season, it came in a loss. The Cleveland Browns handed them their worst loss of the 2019 season when Nick Chubb recorded 165 yards and three touchdowns in the win. Not only that, we all thought that the Ravens and the Chiefs were headed towards a collision course during the AFC Championship game last year, but the Tennessee Titans ruined everybody's playing by upsetting them in the AFC Divisional Round game. And we all know what Derrick Henry was about that game. 195 yards on 30 carries? And not to mention, John, as you said in the first segment, the Baltimore Ravens gave up 138 rushing yards in the win against the Cleveland Browns on yesterday. So giving everything into consideration, when this team goes up against a top-tier running back, they struggle. With that being said, it's going to be up to the Texans to put David Johnson in a situation. John, you talked about it a lot, putting your players in matchup positions in order to get that W. This is what the Texans is going to have to do. We all know it. David Johnson has to step up in order to get this team into at least a respectable team in this AFC conference. But with all that being said, I'm pretty sure that they're going to look at this situation and we're going to see an explosive game for David Johnson against the Baltimore Ravens. And his revenge store started off pretty good. But in game 2, I'm expecting a lot more from Johnson especially with Duke Johnson out.
1: Yeah, me too and here's why. I think simply because they gave him a small dosage Thursday to see what he can do. What was it? 11 carries for 77 yards or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then they able they were able to get him, you know, involved in the passing game. I think he caught three catches. Uh, Thursday, so they were able to get him involved a total of 14 touches overall, but let me kind of stray away from David Johnson really quick. The main priority for Houston, if they're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens is one simple answer, keeping the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson off the field, and they struggled Thursday in the time of possession. They struggled with holding on to the ball. They had a very difficult time uh, maintaining possessions. And I think ultimately it's due to the fact that they had a lot of communication errors. Listen, no preseason, you know, not an excuse. It is an excuse uh, depending on how you want to look at it, but there was no preseason. So they had a lot of communication errors, whether it was with, you know, Deshaun Watson and, his receivers or communications with the line. Uh, Overall, when we look at the offensive line, uh, Zach Foden, the guard, I mean, he had a very rough day. Two blown pass blocks. Titus Howard had two blown pass blocks. Nick Martin had a blown pass block. Um, Larry McTonswell had a blown pass block. Uh, Max Sharpen had one blown rush block. So, you know, overall, the offensive line, who, you know, had another 10 days worth of, practicing and getting continuity with one another, working on bliss pickups, working on, you know, what happens if, this is called and there's an audible and, you know, they, 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 they have the time to work on things with one another. I think continuity between those five guys was very important to, uh, to get, you know, the expectations with finally getting the same group of offensive linemen back for the first time in a very long time was huge. Everybody put a lot of expectations and they built this offensive lineup to be very good this year. One game out of 16, I think they will be very good this year. I just think they didn't have opportunity to play against other talent when they were supposed to do so in August. And so what I'm I'm getting at is David Johnson will need the ball more. Everybody should expect him to get more touches, whether you just love the Houston Texans or whether he's your fantasy running back. And I think he had a very good day for fantasy-wise too, by the way. But overall – they have to sustain drives if they do not sustain drives if it's a quick three and out or if you're only on the field for two and a half three minutes and you're not getting any scores to go along with that short amount of time in order to keep you in the game you're gonna lose the game that's just what it is and so overall what are we looking for well we are looking for number one sustained drives i've said it multiple times in the last one minute but they need to sustain drives they need to make sure that they are creating and winning at the line of scrimmage. They're creating opportunities for their running back. They're creating opportunities for Deshaun Watson to be able to go through reads. Um, and they're creating the time to really be bullies. That's going to be very difficult. The Baltimore Ravens has Claire Campbell and he terrorized Houston for a very long time as we know him because he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so he he has kind of a one-up. You know, I've been in this division before. I, I kind of know what these guys do. But ultimately, they have to – all five guys have to come together. And then with that, you know, now we start to look at, okay, David, you had a very small dosage of getting those touches Thursday. We're going to crank it up a little bit more. We're going to give you more touches. We're going to get you in more winnable matchups. And then, again, I would really love to see – your receivers getting involved in the run game as well. Use your offense to, to kind of take away from what your run game could be by making up whether it with short passes, whether it's screens, whether it's a five and out, whether it's a curl, whether it's a, a five and in. You know, allow your offense to flow. And I'll tell you what, I will take second and five due to a pass over second and seven because of a run. So yeah, it's very important that, Each and every guy knows their assignment and and pretty much know that they have to win this game. You have to look forward to every game moving forward outside of week one to win because, you know, everybody gave you that pass. At least I gave him a pass. You didn't have a preseason. You didn't have the opportunity to really practice and get time against other players. Now you did. You played the world champs going to this week's game against the Baltimore Ravens, you'll have the opportunity to watch film, real live game film, get better and game plan better. And So ultimately, I think David Johnson will have a very good day. I can see him having around 15 to 17 touches, running the ball, maybe 20, 21 touches overall, uh, including the passing game, over 100 yards total, and really being uh, dynamic in the game for Houston.
0: And that's the most frustrating part about Thursday's loss. It seems like the Texans only was, were only able to get a small dose of how good their team could be. And, John, you mentioned part of the reason why the Texans lost the time of possession was the fact that they could not keep control of the ball too long, given the offensive line. However, on the flip side of that, during the first half, the offensive line really did held their own and opened up a lot of open gaps for Johnson during that first half. As a matter of fact, that 19-yard touchdown run that he had, that was the result of Zach Fulton and Titus Howell opened up a big hole for Johnson in order to get that touchdown run. I don't know what happened during the second half, but most importantly, to take the focus away from Duke Johnson just a tad bit, in order for the Texans to win the time of possession, their defense really needs to step up because there's no way in hell you can win a game when you allow your opponent to hold the ball for over nine minutes in the second quarter. That is totally uncalled for. So. The Texans, we all know, has a lot to take care of on the defensive side of the ball. But with that being said, John, I want to go back to a statement that you made really, really quick. You mentioned you would like to see some of the receivers be factored into this run game. And with that being said, which receiver would you like to see involved in the run game a little bit more?
1: Brandon Cook said his squad is healthy. He feels better. Uh, he feels healthier. He's been practicing. He's, he's been smiling. Let's get him involved. And with Brandon Cook's because he's so small, because he's so shifty, because he's so quick, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with that. A, he can get involved in a screen game. And for me, screens always make up for what the run could possibly be. Because if you snuff a good screen out on the defense, then what did you get? One or two yards offensively? But if it's, you know, if it's if it's executed well enough, a screen can go to the house. He can make a house call. And I think with his ability to be so quick and shifty and fast at the same time and small, not easy to tackle, you know, uh, uh, he can hide behind those big guys when it comes to those screens. He can get involved in the ring game by a pass, basically throwing the screen. Uh, also, I can see him being utilized in some wraparounds, You know, getting him involved, putting him in motion, getting him a quick shovel pass, things like that to kind of Put Baltimore defense on their heels, and then it'll just help get some flow and rhythm for your offense. If I'm Houston,
0: but why Brandon Cooks? Why put one of your main receivers in that situation? If I'm the coach, I'm looking at Kiki QT. First of all, he got to get burned some kind of way. They're around the same size. Kiki QT is pretty fast himself I will put Kiki QT In this situation And you never know If he can thrive In a situation Taken up for The absence of Duke Johnson Then you're looking At a situation Where you could have A three-headed monster In that position Duke Johnson David Johnson And Kiki QT QT is on his last leg now And in order for him to, I'm not going to say keep his NFL career going, but in order for him to establish himself as a solid player in this league, he has to find some kind of creative way that can separate him from everybody in his position. I'm looking at Kiki Q T. if the Texans were looking at a receiver to help with that run game on Sunday.
1: One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey costs $353. As we prepare for the Baltimore Ravens offense and, you know, what, like I said earlier, what seemingly seems like they're just picking up where they left off last year. And and what's funny is we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs getting better as they returned a lot of guys and then added uh, Clyde Edwards. The Ravens returned a lot of guys. They added Calais Campbell, and then they also added J.K. Dobbins. And that offense looked like it was going to be potent once again. So we have to get prepared for what Lamar Jackson and what Mark Ingram and what J.K. Dobbins and what Hollywood Brown, who's going into his second year. He looked dynamic Sunday. Uh, and what Mark Andrews. You get what I'm saying? They can hurt you in a lot of areas. Willick Sneed. Get to get prepared for that offense, I'm going to go right into it. We need more from Whitney Merciless. I mean, we really have not seen Whitney Merciless since he signed his, his contract extension. And last Thursday, three tackles, no sacks, no pressures. Compared to Jacob Martin, who had two, uh, two tackles, one of those was a sack and three pressures who's able to get after the quarterback who, and by the way, he had a very good, that sack he had was a a very good use of his hands. I mean, certain things I just love watching, but we signed Whitney Merciless to that contract extension, gave him a lot of money. And you know what? We've asked a lot of JJ Watt, who's making a lot of money this year and next year as well. We've asked a lot of, a lot of these guys. And it always seems like Whitney Merciless kind of slide under the table. But no, sir. You have 15 games left in this season. If the NFL season continues, there's no way you should go throughout a game and get manhandled on what you on how you did Thursday. Not have any moves to get to the quarterback. Not use your hands to get to the quarterback. I mean, I mean to simply put it, we need more, and I I, I expect more out of Whitney Marshall. You balled out for that contract, and then ever since then. What have you been?
0: I said it once and I said it again. Prior to the contract, the man recorded five and a half sacks. After the contract, it was like two. <laughs> that contract changed that man. <laughs> it worked at the man. I'm sorry. I just have to say that. But, but yeah, most definitely. We need to see a lot more out of Whitney Merciless. And But shout out to Jacob Martin. This guy has really come into the season with his mindset. And John we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when Jacob Martin said that it was his number one priority to record double-digit sacks this season. We kind of say that it wasn't possible. But if Whitney Merciless continues to play like this, I'm pretty sure Jacob Martin is going to be in a position where he's, he's going to be able to reach his goal. And, and I hope he do. I hope he do. This guy has really put in a lot of work this offseason, almost Every day after training camp, Bill O'Brien, Anthony Weaver, everybody was raving about this guy. In both scrimmages, he was basically the star of the show. He was basically the star of the defensive side of the ball outside of my boy P.J. Hall. But he was basically the star in the most positive takeaway on the defensive side of the ball in the loss against Kansas City. Jacob Martin is for real in 2020. But hopefully, Whitney Merciless can play up to that contract extension that he signed midway through last season. And with all that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans, your favorite podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24.
1: John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans, along with liking us on Facebook as well You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. Until tomorrow, Wednesday, where we can kind of wild out a little bit, talk more about the Houston Texans, and really get in-depth into the upcoming game against the Baltimore Ravens. Until tomorrow, peace.